Hey everybody, welcome to Some Nerds Have a Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Elise. Wait, did we not do that in the right order? I don't know. We didn't do it in the right order, do, but we do did we, it. Do we always do it in the same order? Uh, we usually do for the intro and for the exit. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry that I fucked that up then. <laughs> I apologize. Let's we'll start all over. Throw it all out. <laughs> uh, we'll just fix it in post. Well, like, don't say that. You don't <laughs> have fine. to fucking fix shit. No, you, you can't. You can't. You can't edit audio, Elise. It's an own fact. Once you it's just rec- gotta do it live. Yeah, yeah. We're we're all in the oh. we're on the air all over the world right now. <laughs> all over Spotify. Live podcasting. Oh Jesus. <laughs> are we on Spotify? I don't think we, we are. are on Spotify. Oh, yes. we are. You, okay, never if mind. If you have been avoiding listening to us because you did only want to listen on Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify. Um, I don't know how you would hear this message, but you can listen to us on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How are we all feeling? We all feeling good? Tired. <sighs> get ready to, to settle for Biden? Uh, <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Neither of you has seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I've seen parts of it. Oh, there's a beautiful song in the first season called Settle For Me. <laughs> and and it's this very, like, classic kind of, you know, Broadway-style number. And it's like, settle for me. And it's like, I know I'm not your favorite, but settle for me. And yeah. it's like, that's how I feel about Byron. It's just like, <laughs> he's just... You know, like, hey, I'm a mediocre love interest. <laughs> it, I'm going to, like, uncomfortably grab your shoulders. You know, if, if, if he at least put put on, like, a musical performance for us, <laughs> it would be it would be more than Joe Biden has ever done for the left. So I feel like. <laughs> so that's all you're asking is for, like, Joe yeah. Biden to do a song and dance. I'd, I'd consider it and at that point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got into a fucking argument with my mom on Facebook about it. But yeah, oh Jesus, she didn't. She didn't know I was a communist. Apparently, I don't know how she how? missed that. I, Did I she miss know. the earrings? <laughs> Somehow she missed out on that. But uh, oh my gosh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> As is... you can hear, audience at home, we are so excited world. to vote for Joe Biden. Hell world. It's our favorite. Hell world. Yep. Yep. Um, God. Yeah. I did watch. Um, the only thing that I've watched from the con- convention, quote unquote, so far is uh, is Bernie's speech. How was it? I've, I've heard um, some. It was so depressing. Yeah. It was like, listen. I know. I know it sucks. You just, you just gotta take it up the ass this time, guys. I know it's hard. All right, Grandpa Bernie's looking out for you. No, he doesn't like Medicare for all. I know. I know. It, it's just, just but I mean, the alternative is fascism. So, like, shut. You know, you just gotta take it. You just gotta take it up the ass. Like, I feel like that was that was his speech. It was so sad. <laughs> It was so sad. Oh god! It's so so, so I I heard that it was like Bernie and I think AOC made said like a few words and then it was a bunch of Republicans like John Kasich. Was yeah, there. John yeah. Kasich for some reason and like Colin Powell. God, remember like, when Colin, Colin Powell, Powell 
Knowing, yes, yeah. the guy who yeah. knowingly lied to the entire world and is directly Ugh. responsible for the deaths of a million people. Can, like, can we Donald... just can we just stop pretending that we have a left leaning major political party in this country? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Donald, in so many ways, Trump has like been the best thing that could have happened to all of these assholes from the early two thousands, mm-hmm. like like Colin Powell and George W. And it's like, wow, they look Condoleezza Rice, I'm sure. It's like they all look so reasonable and normal, you know? And it's mm. like, ugh. Remember when we were just killing millions of citizens abroad <laughs> as opposed to our own? We, like, we, those were good times, y'all. Like, oh, my God. I'm we're, so tired. We were in, uh, putting in place all of the economic, like, all the economic policies that would lead to basically a decade-long recession and like an entire generation who will never achieve the economic stability of their parents but you know at least they don't have a bad spray tan <laughs> you know and and say dumb things on twitter that's, i mean he's such an orange and it's like please stop that's, talking that's the really bad stuff in the world oh, as lo- you can kill as many like innocent civilians bomb as many weddings as you as want as long as you're professional while you do yeah it. as yeah. long as you're professional about it it's like the Chicago. It's like the song from Chicago. You know, whatever happened to class? <laughs> you, you can't have a bad spray tan. You can't wear a tan suit. It's basically like nothing involving tanning. Like that's that's where we draw the line. So, uh, Murdering civilians, fine. No one even says oops when they pass gas. Whatever happened to class? And then meanwhile, on the other side, you've got the FBI Records Vault Twitter account tweeting the learned protocols of the elders of Zion. Wait, what? Did you not see that? No, No, I missed this one. Yeah, the, um, they just, like, a couple hours ago, uh, sent out a tweet with, like, a document of, here, here is this, with no context. (laughs) Great. Oh, my lord. Oh, great. Oh, great. (laughs) Do we need to like ugh. the L, the the, uh, the FBI is a Pez dispenser now? Fantastic! Oh Lord, should talk to I mean Raytheon Acres here in Virginia. <laughs> we could we could talk to some people about that. Right? Ugh. Yeah, it is kind of nightmarish driving around here, and it's like, oh look, there's like a Northrop Grumman building. Here's the NRA. Yeah. Oh. They're like down the street from each other. It's horrifying. God, it's like anytime we want to like go and do something, we have to pass by that building, and I'm just like, Ugh. apparently they After, had a yeah. they had a correction tweet that said uh, earlier today, FO, Freedom of Information Act materials were posted to the FBI's vault and Freedom of Information Twitter accounts via an automated process without further outlining the context for the documents. We regret, <laughs> we regret that this at least. Release may have inadvertently caused distress among the communities we serve. So oh who, my god. Who was doing a FOIA request about the the protocols of the elders of Zion? Like, like you, you can, can just find it. It's out y- there. Henry Ford will give you a copy. You just have to ask him. <laughs> just go to his grave and it's like there. Uh. There's a little button you push and it prints it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh FOIA. Oh, friend. I, so, like, 
Maybe I shouldn't tell the story on the on the podcast. <laughs> uh, That's how all good stories start. I know, right? <laughs> but like my 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 sister in law used to be like, you know, have, like like she was one of those people. You you've seen Parks and Recreation. I've seen like a few. she was. She was like one of those hapless people that had to like work. You know, she didn't work in Parks and Rec, but she worked in, like, a department for, like, a local government. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the shit that people would FOIA request. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this isn't, this was supposed to stop, like, terrorism or some shit. Like, it wasn't so you could get back at your neighbors for, like, having chickens in their yard, even though <laughs> your HOA, like, says you can't have them. Like, but it was, like, people would use, like, FOIA for that kind of dumb ass shit. And it's just. Like the things that the things that like FOIA gets used for, I like it's none of what it was intended for. Mm. Like it is really just like it is a u like it is a useful tool. If I'm sorry, I'm like beating the table and Nick is like stop stop it. <laughs> um, but it's like you know it's a useful tool. Um, if you want to get back at your neighbors, if you're pissed at your kid's school, um. <laughs> None of this has to do with stopping terrorism or homeland security. It all has to do with like, and I want to find out how many chicken nuggets Jimmy got to eat that day. Like that's that's truly what FOIA is uh, used for now. <laughs> Gotta love it. Occasionally, love it gets it. used to to release uh, like government misdeeds, but usually it's just bullshit. And then yeah. occasionally it's used to introduce a whole bunch of new people to the learned protocols of the elders of science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is great. This yeah. is a great timeline. This is the best timeline. Alex, do you ever play a game? Nick and I sometimes play a game uh, when we want to torture ourselves uh, called I Wonder What Nick and Elise Are Doing in the Other Timelines. So, like, oh, uh, I like mean. You know, I, like the timeline where like Bernie won in twenty sixteen or I mean I do or, that all the time for trans related reasons, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Man, so yours is probably like way cooler. Ours is more like we'd have a house. <laughs> we'd probably not have student loan debt. <laughs> yeah. Those are the things we dream about. God, we're so sad. One day. Anyway, let's move on to cheery subjects, <laughs> shall we? Okay. What so, cheery subject do we have? Uh, I don't know. There's there's, there's good stuff that's been happening, right? Uh, Cora came to Netflix. Cora did come to Netflix, Cora and then did. the the uh, creators of Avatar <laughs> left Netflix. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that can we talk happen. about that? For like a minute, uh, I I've been hearing a lot of conflicting information about it, so I don't really know too much of like the actual story. All right, because what, what do the you know? the original thing that I heard about it was, um, that Netflix wanted to like cast white actors. And... Oh, wait, should we back up and explain exactly what we're talking about here? Because I don't know if we did. Yeah. So um, for the uninitiated, though, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know. Um, Netflix is set to do a live action remake of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, it's going to be the full series. It's going to be a long form TV show. So it's it's not going to be like the M. Night Shyamalan. Um, movie from the mid 2000s 
Um, and if you were around for that, who boy. It, it's starting you know, to uh, sound like it might be more like that. Yeah. Though. And everybody was excited in the beginning. In the beginning, we were all very excited because we were like, oh, man, it like it was they it was so poorly handled by M. Night Shyamalan. Like it was it was awful. You just go on YouTube. You will see so many takedowns of that particular movie. Or better yet, then, forget it exists and just go move yeah. on. Life. Yeah. But it is also um, on Netflix. You can watch it anytime you want. It's there for you. And so now, uh, so they, so Netflix brings on the original creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender to, um, to to oversee or like put their input in, help produce this new live action series, and they have now left under conflicting and mysterious circumstances. Uh, so now I'm going to pivot to Nicholas to explain what this. Those mysterious circumstances. Right. So, uh, so the the rumors that that came out at like first was uh, were that Netflix wanted to cast uh, wanted to be open to cast the white actors, and there was like conflict about that. That um, there are no they, white people in Avatar. They wanted, just like as a heads up, yeah, really uninitiated. They wanted to. Well, there are in the M Night Shyamalan film. Oh my god! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the definitive version of book we one. We just talked about how that movie doesn't I know. exist. It's well, no, it's it's on Netflix. You oh can God, watch stop it. Stop it. Watch it whenever right. you want. They, they were just so going to have a, they were just going to have a one actor, one actress a cast of Scarlett Johansson in every role. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Scarlett Johansson in every role. Um, the other the other part of the rumor was that um, they wanted to make it like age up the characters and make it. Hot, darker sexy and teen yeah. avatar. Yeah. Um sexy clones. Uh clone high. Um and they and then the other part of it was that they they uh, the creators were asking for like more money and that was like part of it. And I have heard various parts of that are incorrect or like not entirely accurate. So like I don't know what the fuck is going on with it. Um, I, but nobody will say like which parts are factually incorrect. I, I don't know. I just, I heard something about it today where people were saying that parts of those things weren't true, but I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah. didn't, the, that was like just a little bit before we started recording was when I heard that. So I haven't had a chance to follow up on that. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard anything outside of, uh, what is it? Kozanetsko and DeMartino's official statements on the matter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't yeah. hear anything about these rumors or anything. Well, what did they say? They basically said that uh, it was due to creative differences. That's yeah. the, that's the phrase that they used. Um, so, so, yeah, I can see how creative differences would, would then spin out to be... They wanted to cast they wanted, non-white actors. They yeah. wanted to, like, age it up and be more... Which, like, so here's here's the thing that I wanted to say. Which is, if you want sexy teen Avatar where they're all fucking each other and they're all aged up, like, that's Korra. Like, just, if that's what you want, just redo Korra. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, in that one, she's 16. Um, Like, I think the youngest main character is, like, 15. Because I think Bolin. Is Bolin 15? Uh, is he 16? Well, I mean, because because there's like a time skip, but yeah, he's 14 at this at the first season. Oh, okay, so he's like 14. Or no, he's, old... he's 16. 16 at the first season. He's 16 at the first. Okay, yeah. so they're all like 16, mm-hmm. 17 years old, and then like 
you get a time skip. And I think at the end of the series, she's like 19 or 20. Um, she's Yeah, she's 21 at the end, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's 21 at the end. And so it's like, if you want that, like, if that's what you want is like sex. And they, you know, like they all interdate mm-hmm. throughout that fucking series. Like they're all screwing each other. Um, and you know that they're fucking cause they're in their twenties, but, um, but like, if, if that's what you wanted, just redo Cora. And of the two series, I would personally prefer, um, I would personally prefer a live action Cora. I would prefer um, seeing a Cora, like if they're going to redo it, redo a Cora to where, because the big deal with Cora was that when they made the first season, they didn't know that they were going to have any more. So they didn't have a lot of interconnecting plot lines. Yeah. Uh, Whereas if you were able to redo it, like with a live action cast, you could set up a lot of those things a lot earlier on. Yeah. And it all flow a lot better. You could leave Amon as being the overarching villain. Cause like Mm -hmm. I personally thought he was way too interesting to have him only be in one season, but it was like, if you know the meta context of like when that show was made, they only thought that they were getting one season. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, is sort yeah. of baffling as to why they like spent so much fucking time on pro bending. But I really like pro bending. I'm I, I, I thought it was really cool and really neat. Uh, we started so we've started watching mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because Nick, this is like the first I've, time Nick's I watched s- it. I saw the first season. When the first season came out, I watched all of it. And it was I thought it was fine. Um and then, like, when the second season came out, I just never went back to it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to imagine where they go. Yeah. Because, like, I remember I remember seeing season one and feeling pretty satisfied. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's not it's not as tight as yeah. Last Airbender is. Um, so there's room, there's way more room for improvement in Korra right. than in Avatar. Like, Avatar is a near-perfect show. Yeah. Like, there aren't that many misses as there's far as like, the episode. There's, like, the great one, divide. <laughs> yeah, like, there's only one episode that is universally, like, panned and hated. And if you think about, like, other kind of beloved series um, that are in that pain, like that, that kind of vein, like... Yeah. You know, you think about, like... Especially of that length. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, pretty much all the other episodes are, like, good to great. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a handful that are just like incredible. Um, so th- there's no point in remaking, like who, and I think we were watching like a YouTuber and it was like, who are you remaking this for? Except for the people that are like, I, I just don't watch anime or yeah. I just don't watch animation, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they're making you it know. for, they're making it for my mom who just hates every bit of animation at all. Right. Incomprehensible reasons. <laughs> which, which I just say to your mom, like, get the fuck over it. I know, like, it's right? a good show, and animation is like the better, you know, it's the better medium to tell that story. Yeah, and I think like live action, like stories set in the Avatar universe could work, mm-hmm. but like I would, I would either prefer that they do something entirely new, or try to fix Korra, mm-hmm. because like that is a very flawed series. I and I. When we were watching it the other night, I I said to Elise, I'm like, the, you know, the beginning totally sums up how, like, the, the difference between those two shows. Like, the opening narration. Because in Avatar The Last Airbender, it's like, all right, here's the world. 
here's the central conflict, here's our protagonist, and this is his great flaw in, like, ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, we get all of that information. And then in, in Korra, it's something just like... This is Korra. The, these are the four elements. Korra's and, the avatar. And then this is what happened last week. Yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, that is my... And it makes me really upset that Netflix, like, does the automatic sick gift. Mm-hmm. Um, because I fucking love the, like, 1920s um, yeah. narrator <laughs> talking about whatever happened last episode. But, um, like, I just love that choice for Korra. Yeah. But we- it's like... You could you could do a 10 second like, you know, the Republic yeah. City has fallen out of balance. Cora uh, can bring balance, but she must learn to like overcome her. Her brashness or like whatever her impulsivity or something, um, you know, before she can she can like she must bring balance to herself. I, mean, I think before she at, can bring balance I, to the world. I think at that point, because it's like. They're not the same show. They're not trying necessarily mm. to do the same kind of overarching plot. And I don't think that they should. I think that it's a lot more where Avatar, of course, has like a set goal from the beginning. Like it's defeat the Fire Lord, defeat the fascist before the time runs out. Whereas with Korra, it's you have to live up to the expectations of this great story, this great predecessor of yours in a world so vastly different that doesn't necessarily have that the the problems aren't so clear cut and mm. but I think- you could still like sum that up like like if that was the driving point of the series mm-hmm. then they could put that in there but it's like you know well i i think that it's it's rather alluded in the opening that has like I mean, the visuals of Korra standing literally in Aang's shadow right that giant ass statue like it's it's not stated in in words but it's pretty obvious on the screen um, right. At least in my opinion. No, I, I mean, I would agree with that. But then I like, m- then my response to that would then be that that is another like thing that you could say about like the, the, the difference between the two shows. And what personally I think is, is like a weakness of Korra's is that it's like more focused on visuals than writing. Hmm. At least from what I have seen of it. I mean, it's it's a medium that employs both, um, so I don't know. Right, but like Avatar, like The Last Airbender, had both in like really great, mm-hmm. like like g- equal closer to equal parts. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that, but the um, but how far have you actually gotten into rewatching it? Um, about I don't know. We're about halfway through season one. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, my sister and I have been watching it kind of over longer time frame and uh, we've we, we, we're kind of approaching the midpoint of season three I think um, mm. so we're getting pretty well into it again but, yeah and like the later seasons get really super into the the world building in Avatar and it's like that's something that I wish I mean honestly like like Avatar every season is better than the first one it's just that a lot of times people consider the first two seasons to be less than the first seasons of Avatar so it's got like more catching up to do but by season 4 Avatar uh, Korra is really fucking good <laughs> so. I I I mean like I it's been several years since mm-hmm. I watched the later seasons 
mm-hmm. of Korra because I think I I watched all four seasons and then, um, and then I haven't I haven't rewatched it since you showed us like the first two episodes or like I like walked in on you guys like watching that sounded wrong, um, but I watched walked in on you guys watching the the first two episodes. Uh, you were showing Nick like the first episode, and then I, mm-hmm. what? And then we've been rewatching it. Um, I don't remember. I don't know. I just don't remember the fourth season. Wait, did we? I just you'll, don't remember the fourth season. You'll get season. to it. I'm, I'm not going to talk about. It. I'm not going to spoil anything about it. But you'll you'll get to it, and I, it's good. Alex, did we watch the first episode together? I don't. Of course. I yeah. Don't remember? Did we? I guess. I honestly don't remember that. Because we were watching it, and I'm like, I kind of remember this show better than I thought I did. And it's like, if we watched it fairly recently, and I just completely, like, blanked out on it. I don't, like, I don't know. It was a few months ago, because it was, like, yeah. before the pandemic. Right, but I definitely, um, like, yeah, because I was like, oh, the first episode, I remember this better than I thought I would. Why do I remember it so much better? And yeah. if we watched it, like, back in January, and I just completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, I like it. Like, it's a good... I think it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the it's not... It's not quite as tight. Um, I think it, it explores loftier ideas mm-hmm. than Avatar. Um, and, but tonally, it's also very weird. Mm-hmm. I... Because it, it's like it, it, it's very clearly written mm-hmm. for people that were fans of the show when um, they, they were fans of the show, like when they were like tweens and teens. And then this came out because I remember it came out in my 20s, mm-hmm. um, like in my early 20s. And it was like kind of written. And I think what they were going for was something a little bit darker because they wanted to bring back those fans who were in their 20s and mm-hmm. not necessarily um like entice younger fans to like watch Cora. And so but like Nickelodeon's kind of got their thumb on the scales and it's like, eh, it's still Nickelodeon. It's I've... still technically a kid show. So like mm-hmm. they're pressing their thumb on the scales. And so I remember that and like tonally, um, I think there's like a little bit of you experience a little bit of whiplash. And that's kind of the other reason why I think it would be fun to have you know, if you're gonna have like sexy Riverdale teen Avatar, um, I would prefer Korra because I think it's there, um, mm-hmm. and I think it lends. You know, because they're wanting to take on more mature subject matter, and and they're like, you know, because like in Avatar, things are very black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, like, I'm of the opinion personally, and this might be a hot take, um, that the villains in Korra are better developed than Sozin. Not Azula, mm-hmm. but Sozin. No, that's fair. That that is fair. Yeah, Sozin. I... Sozin. I mean, again, I've only seen season one, but like Sozin is evil for the sake of being evil, mm-hmm. and like just wants power, and that's about it. Whereas like a mod, it's like you can kind of empathize with it, right? <laughs> like especially when they they bring in like um, you know, the gangs, like the Bender gangs that have taken over Republic mm-hmm. City, and it's like. Yeah, I think if I was a non-bender, I'd be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how dare these people? And, you know, and the story is about, like, extorting people um, for protection money. Um, yeah, I kind of get where Amon is coming from. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and that's where he was saying, like, it's, you know, it's clearly written for, like, a more mature audience that wants things to be a little bit murkier, a little bit grayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, like, Cora is not, she's not as clear cut of a character as Aang is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think she has more kind of moral ambiguity to her. Um, and I would really love, like, Is the it moral ambiguity or does she just not think things through? Because I, like, I turned to you, like, at one point in one of the episodes you watched and was basically like, how is it that, like, Aang is, like, five years younger than Korra and yet, like, considerably smarter than her? Because Aang is an air nomad and has been spending a lot of time of introspection and thought on you know spiritual matters and trying to console well, his identity. I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about like the spiritual stuff. I'm just talking about just regular everyday decision making and like thinking things through before you do something. Like Or has ADHD. It's fine. <laughs> but then it's like you find out that like you kind of get it kind of gets hit into that and then later explicitly stated that like Ang was kind of a shitty dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I buy it. They all have their faults. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I I feel like the other thing with a- Aang was also. I, I mean, I guess they're both prodigies, but like Korra is ex- pretty explicitly stated as like a prodigy of the physical aspects of bending, right? Um, and. So I think because of that, I think it goes back to what Alex is saying. It's about, like, her, I think because of her lack of spiritual, emotional development, as opposed to Aang being, you know, even though he doesn't know he's the Avatar until, you know, until he's, like, 11, it's the way that the Air Nomads, like, place very high, um, like, place a lot of esteem on like compromise and conflict resolution whereas like they were very um whereas like Cora th- she's very very sheltered because they're all the white lotus is so panicky that like somebody's going to try to fuck her up yeah you know and they focus so much more on the physical aspect of bending mm-hmm. um as opposed to her like more spiritual emotional development so you know, and also, yeah. like, that's kind of her character flaw, like, mm-hmm. impulse control. Yeah. You know, her anger is is her character flaw, whereas, like, Aang's character flaw was, like, a lack of action. Yeah. I think, you know? I, I think, I don't, I'm not sure, I think this is kind of alluded in mostly in season three, but I remember seeing, hearing someone say that, like, Aang was able to travel the world to learn bending and experience a lot of mm-hmm. things, whereas Korra basically had it all kind of brought to her. And yeah, so she's very work. sheltered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the outside world, and she doesn't get that, um, you know. Yeah, and it's it's true for all of the protagonists of Avatar, like because remember there's that whole scene between Sokka and the Swordmaster mm-hmm. in season three, um, where he's like, "I bet you know you were the best swordsman in your village. You thought," and he's like, "No, I, I learned to be humble, and mm-hmm. I learned how to deal with other people because I traveled the whole fucking world, and I if." if I know anything. It's that I know nothing, you know, and mm-hmm. Cora doesn't get that. Yeah. Because at least not at first. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. She gets there, but she, I mean, she's definitely like being hand raised and like, you know, and the fact that she's like, 
I or like I love that line. Um, I love that line in one of the first episodes uh, where she goes like, "Oh, I've got nothing. People have always just given me stuff." And Mako turns around and goes, "Well, I wouldn't say you have nothing." Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that exchange is very emblematic <laughs> of like of Korra and how she sees the world mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah. Of course people would give me things. I'm the Avatar. Versus like Aang has, you know, three seasons where he's being persecuted and chased for being the Avatar. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that also like affects their emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the difference between, I don't know, I guess like knowing, like being born great and having greatness thrust upon you. I don't know. Yeah. But... But anyway, yeah, I look forward to hearing more about your thoughts on later seasons. Because, like I say, I, I think that by season four, it is be- it becomes a great show. It's just, like, a really, really great show. But you got to get there. And there's a lot to get through. So I am I am looking forward to hearing more of you uh, about this. Man, was there anything else? We, we've been watching a lot of stuff. Oh, we, I don't know. Uh, what did you say, Alex? About Korra, anything else about Korra that you wanted to say or No I don't know. We like I said, I've seen season one before, so this is kind of just a recap for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um but like I remember hardly anything about it, honestly. Like basically my memories of season one are Korra shows up, then there's a lot of probending stuff, and then there's a bad guy at the end. Then then that's it. <laughs> Man, you know what I would want if they're going to do, like, a live action of Avatar? If they don't do Korra, I think it would be really cool to see the the original four as adults. Mm. Especially for, like, what's alluded to in Korra. Yeah. Where it's, like, Sokka becomes a great politician. Aang is, like, trying to revive the Air Nomads. Toph, Toph becomes a cop, which... That's character assassination, I feel like. Yeah, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't personally see how that works, but, you know, and like, and then, it's, um, it's, it's funny that you mention that, because, I, I don't want to say it, because it deals with, with season four, but, uh, I, I, the stuff I want to say about that, but I'll, I'll hold I on think I, it. I think I know what you're talking about, I think yeah, I yeah. know what you're alluding to, mm-hmm. um, I, my vague memories of season four, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I don't know, and like, and Zuko is is known to be like a really great leader, so I don't know. Like, I would really like like adapt that. adapt the comics. Yeah, like you well, have the source don't material. deal with them being an adult though. Like, no, it comics... doesn't. But if you wanted to to still do that, where it's like like yeah, you could do the adult one too, but also the comics. Yeah, <laughs> which like I would like I would like to have. I, I don't know, just because it's, like, comics aren't really a thing that I invest a lot of time or money into. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was, like, a few episodes on Netflix or something, like, I would definitely... Or, like, even at Amazon Prime. Like, mm-hmm. that's it's something... If they had, like, animated versions of the comics, like, that's something I could see myself investing a lot of time and energy in. I think I own, like, the first comic of, like, the first set of comics that they were trying to do about Zuko's mm-hmm. mom. Mm. Um, 
I think that was like, yeah, the one that I have is like the lead up to the creation of Republic City, mm. which is like, which like picks up right after the events of the, the, the show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have that on Comixology, and I read, I read through that, and then it just became too expensive to read the rest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is like the problem <laughs> <laughs> with comics. It's like you're 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 spending a lot of money, and I feel like you're not like that's kind of why I never really got into comics. Is like I I feel like the cost, the cost to enjoyment ratio for me was too high. Because. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a fast reader, and so I will like eat through a comic in like less than a day. Yeah. And if I have to spend like 15 bucks on a big comic and finish it in less than a day, I'm like, okay, next, please. Yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, um, which I think is why like I never really got it. Like I don't know, and that's like I always I always kind of like preferred um, like watching anime mm-hmm. to reading manga. <laughs> for that like same kind of reason it's like you know like because like i remember like when manga is like even when it was like eight, like seven dollars a book mm-hmm. um like i could read this in an hour or two hours like i don't really want to yeah yeah and it's like it's two books it's gonna take you like you know a couple of days and it's like no <laughs> it's not how any of this works you you don't understand how invested we can get in these stories yeah. Like speaking of manga, I actually got a manga. Um, oh yeah. Ordered. Yeah, I, I remember uh, last week. I think I mentioned uh, the show Ghost Hunt. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I went ahead and I got the first volume uh, in manga oh, cool. format, and uh, I haven't had. Uh, it's not that I actually sat down and read it, and it's I haven't had. I want to bring it with me to lunch to work and read it there. Yeah. So I've been intentionally not reading it so as to give me something to actually read on my lunch break. But uh, it's, you know, just the same as the story that was in the anime. So. Yeah. I I was looking into it, and unfortunately, I don't think there were any manga that didn't get adapted into the anime, or if there were. Uh, it was only like one manga, mm. and I don't know if it got translated into English. So there's not a whole lot of new content for me, unfortunately. And none of the light novels got translated because, of course, not. Um, so I guess I'll have to learn Japanese then. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Pack and mind it. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> what did you do back in your day? <laughs> I didn't learn Japanese, that's for damn sure. Um, no, but I remember, I remember like my favorite series. Um, my favorite series when I was a kid was Utena. Mm. Um, the anime and the manga are like completely different. Like they have very similar, like they have the same kind of theming and characters, but like the shit that happens. Mm-hmm. In those two, it's, like, way, way different. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, the last... I don't know, like, the last, like, manga series. Well, I was into um, that Beast one that I was reading, like, The Care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I think that was kind of an adorable little series. Um, that was really fun. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast, so I don't want to go, like, too in-depth on that. <laughs> Especially since ever... now, like, I can't remember. I'm so tired, like, I don't even remember. Did you ever finish those manga that you bought at uh, NekoCon? Um, I finished that one series, the one about the fantasy. I never, mm. I don't know, like, I read, like, the first couple of pages of Unmagical Girl, mm-hmm. and I just didn't super get into it. Mm-hmm. But I have this, like, rule... Um, where, like, if I can buy, like, at least the first two volumes, I'll buy the first two volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I have... Oh, man. This has happened to me so many times. Um, especially when I used to... Like, especially when I was a teenager and I used to go to anime conventions, like, all the time, like, once a month. Um, God, I was such a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> what? But, like, shut up. I'm normal now. So, <laughs> the... Um, but there were so many times where I'd be like, I'd buy like five first mangas of like five different series. Oh God. So like, like one manga from like five different series. And then I would inevitably get into one and be like, this is awesome. I want to read the second one and like not be able to find the second one anywhere. And it was never explicitly stated as like a one-off and it's just like, someday I'll find it. Mm. That the rainbow manga connection. connection. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so you do have to have a manga connection if you're gonna read them back in the day. Yeah, I've got so many like first volumes to series. Oh Jesus! Or you'd buy like one DVD because it was like back in the day when like every DVD was like between. You'd pay like twenty or thirty dollars for just like four episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. One I of think. Those. We- I think we've had this conversation on the podcast. We have. We have. We have. We have. Um, mostly because, like, and then Alex will chime in with, like, well, I have this, too. And we're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know our pain. Um, no offense. offense. None taken. <laughs> Ugh, it's hard being an elder millennial. Man, speaking of pain, uh, Lower Decks, right? Oh, I kind of liked it. I, I, I want to watch more Lone I, I Do you know about this, Alex? I do know about this, and I was actually interested in seeing it myself, but I don't have CVS All Access. I know you two do, though. Yeah. Well, so the first episode is actually on YouTube. Okay. Um, I think because they're recognizing that, like, nobody has CVS All Access. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I bought it for a reason and thought I was going to cancel it after, like, a month (laughs) and now I'm just stuck with it and I don't know how to cancel it, but it's also only $6. So I'm just like, whatever. This is, this is like how people don't get any money. That's how Um, they get you. This is why I have like no savings account. Um, but like, yeah. So, so we watched the first episode. I'm pretty sure the first episode's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, cause only chumps like me have a CBS all access account. Um, yeah, everyone else canceled it after Picard ended. Yeah, I just like it, like watch it for P- Picard. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Lordex? Because it sounds like you two have very different thoughts. Um, uh, you want to? You how about Nick I, will take the con and he'll go first, I, and then I'll take the pro. And I will. I will start with this. I I was I was being a little hyperbolic when I said that, but then. That's a little bit more... It's going to be a little bit more of a dig at it. Like, I didn't hate Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. I just felt nothing watching Lower Decks. (laughs) 
You're not um, upset. You're you're not mad. You're just disappointed. No, it's not even disappointment because that's a feeling. <laughs> like it's like apathy. It was just yeah. It was this is a thing that exists, and I guess it's for someone, but it's not for me. Mm. Um, it it's it's basically if Rick and Morty was created without passion. Okay. If 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 basically. Who like uh, Amblin Entertainment or whoever owns the rights to Back to the Future was like, hey, let's cash in on Back to the Future by making a Back to the Future cartoon show, but they can say the fuck word in it. And you just get people to make that show, only it's Star Trek instead of Back to the Future. Like, does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> it's got all of like the the visual cues of being Rick and Morty. But then they throw in references to things that, oh, if you're a Star Trek nerd, this is a reference to something that you recognize. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm i willing to give it another shot because I'm super invested in the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the co- for the uninitiated. So, the concept of Lower Decks is, like, instead of focusing on the main bridge officers you know like the captain and the the first officer and whoever um like the chief of medicine and the chief of engineering um instead it's like here are all the poor schlubs that like do their bidding mm-hmm. um and so so i'm like super invested in that concept because i really like um the idea of following the underlings i i and, always do too i I've, yeah. that's always my favorite part of something like that and so, and I think, like, there's enough, I think there's, like, enough personality difference. And, like, I think the final, the surprise twist um, is cute enough. And I think, like, the main, the, so, like, one of the main characters is um, is this woman, young woman in her 20s that's been kind of bounced around um, between a fair few ships in Starfleet and you kind of find out that like once upon a time she was on the officer track and was a really promising star and became disillusioned with Starfleet and is now kind of like well fuck this mm. and and is sort of a slacker. She's the Rick character. And shut up. <laughs> but like the thing that I like about it is like the reason why I really liked Deep Space 9 which is how in DS9 like they allude to not every, you know, because TNG is definitely like teacher's pet as far as like Starfleet officers. Like, you are 100%, like, you're on the Enterprise, like, you are creme de la creme, but you're also like the brown nosers that got to be on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, whereas, like, with Deep, Deep Space Nine, they're like, yeah, no, Starfleet has like problems, and sometimes Starfleet doesn't do things like totally above boards and sometimes like bureaucracy hurts people rather than helps people and i and i want and i want to give it another shot because they explore that in the first episode um and she becomes the kind of mouthpiece for that and Mm -hmm. that idea um and i want to and i feel like that's like a pretty contemporary not like contemporary but like that's like a theme that i think a lot of people could jump onto in the year of our lord 2020 when bureaucracy has completely fucked us all up the ass um so like so that makes me want to watch like at least the first couple of seasons or first couple of episodes i like also read a a spoiler free um review on av club and that's what av club was saying they were like you got to give it like four episodes Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, honestly, like, if you go... Like, the first three seasons of TNG blow. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, the, fir- like, the first season of any Star Trek is not great. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like, even DS9, which had, like, a pretty decent first season, like... It had a really good first episode, but the first season of Deep Space Nine is probably the roughest. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I I get I get Nick's criticisms of it, like, oh, it's like Rick and Morty. But honestly, like, I'm willing to give it a... Because, I mean, it's... That's just how Star Trek is. Yeah. Like, you gotta give it more than... You gotta give it more than an episode. Quite frankly, you gotta give it more than a season before you can really form like an opinion on it. And that's kind of where like I I will agree with that. Like I I'm willing to stick it out and like see where it goes. Mm-hmm. My my big problem with it cuz like Elise said the concept is good, but I've seen this concept played out several times <laughs> in other things. 23 times. Including the Star Trek the Next Generation episode entitled Lower Decks, which is an entire episode of the next generation that has the same story mm-hmm. and is like way more interesting. But then it's like, that's unfair though, because you were already committed to that setting. You're like, cause that episode happens way later. It does. In TNG. It does. So you're already committed to TNG and like the character there's at least one of those characters is one that has shown up before. I don't think so. Also, yes, it is because she, because that becomes a plot point in that episode oh, is yeah. with the girl. No, you're right. She's involved with the shit that Wesley gets up to when he's at Starfleet Academy. You're right. You're right. So then they they come back to her, and also they very explicitly cast the main character in that episode looks like a younger version of Jonathan Frakes. Mm. So they use visual storytelling to tell you that you need to be invested in these characters by making them look like characters I, you already care about. I mean, in fairness, a per, like a character who looks like a younger version of Jonathan Frakes is just like TV handsome white man with brown hair. And a beard. No, actually, no he didn't, he didn't have, have a beard. Yeah, no, that's how you knew he was the younger <laughs> version of Jonathan Frakes. But yeah, but like, you know, they, they used those cues to tell you but like he even had like the same like jonathan frakes has a very square shaped face that actor had a very square shaped face like all actors on television in the early 90s look exactly the same but you might be right yeah but i'm just saying like they used very like they have very similar skin tones like it's very visually and he's like a little bit shorter than him so you get the sense of like Oh, this is the younger Jonathan. Like this is young Riker, so it already leads you to having an emotional investment in those characters, like within the first two minutes of the episode, because it's playing off of all of these things that you've, because you have this big emotional investment into and the next generation anyway. So like, I feel like that's an unfair comparison. Um, and I mean, to a certain extent, like they 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 are kind of using the same animation style of Rick and Morty so they might be like using them like hey like you like these cartoons like maybe you'll like this too because we use the same so like I could kind of get that criticism but like I think overall I think you gotta give it like I want to give it a few more episodes I'm optimistic AV Club I think gave it like a B minus 
So I'm like, it's not the worst, but it's not like, it's not top tier Trek, but it's also not trying to be top tier Trek. Yeah. Like, this shit's not trying to be DS9. It's no. not trying to be TNG. I, I get that. You know? And I like, I don't know. I think, I think the concept would work better. And I think that they did this like as a, like a series of like shorts Cause don't they also have those short treks where it's like, oh, it's like a five minute like yeah. glimpse into it. I feel like that would be a better way to do this concept, but I'm willing to see where they go with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Rather than like a 20, 30, like a, a 20, 30 minute cartoon. Yeah. And like, especially since they, they get to 20, 30 minute cartoon and it's like, oh, we're doing funny now. We have to make a joke. Let's make the jokes. And I, I don't remember. I mean, I maybe laughed once in that entire first episode. Mm. It like it. It was very clearly trying to be funny. It just. It didn't like none of the jokes really landed. Like if we're going back to that episode of if we're going back to the lower decks episode of uh, TNG, I feel like that episode had better humor in it. And that's not trying to be a comedy show. Wait, like. The humor was all character driven as well. In in lower decks? Yeah. Really? You think so? Because I, I, no. I feel like the joke was, oh man, we're in Star Trek, but we're not acting like we're in Star Trek. No, 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 no. Not in not in the cartoon. Okay. But I'm saying in, in the, TN, in the, in the, in the, the TNG TV show. episode, it was funny because it was a mismatch. And like you laughed because Riker like kept being like oh man this kid blah 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 right and you were and supposed the, to know and the kid was like oh man Riker's such a hard ass no no no. but also like the dramatic irony yeah of like you're watching as the audience member and you're like oh but he's a young Riker mm -hmm. and at one point I think like I want to say um Deanna Troy like turns around and is like you don't like him because he reminds you of him of yourself yeah and he's like that's not true. And like, that's where the humor comes into right. it. And so this is why I'm saying like, you can't even really compare the humor because it's, it's humor that is like, I, you know, cause like you don't have the emotional investment, you know? So it's, so, so like I get, I, yeah, it is like the humor is a little forced. Um, there's definitely a couple of times where it's like you laugh because you clap. Like I knew the thing and yeah. I clapped. I recognize um, the reference. Yeah. And so, like, I kind of get that, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm invested in the concept. I didn't hate it. I actually really like, I really enjoy the main, the main uh, girl character. I think she's pretty fun. I, I think um, that I would like her way more if they didn't try to write her to just be telling jokes all the time. Because, yeah, like, if they she... let, if they took a, like, if it wasn't just, like, how many jokes can we get in right. in the next five minutes? Like, because she's. She's like a fun character, and I think that there's there's enough opportunity humor that if you let it breathe, um, right? Yeah. yeah. If you don't just try to like, oh, we got to tell a joke every every line has to be a joke, or or they've got to curse, or they got to do something that like a Star Trek character wouldn't do this. But it's also it's also the pilot, and so yeah. you really got to drive you know, like it, you got to set the the concept. And I'm willing in to I'm willing to accept that. I'm willing to see where it goes. I'm also going to be constantly, like, disfavorably comparing it uh, to the John Scalzi novel Red Shirts throughout. Because mm -hmm. that's the other time where I've seen this concept done. And, like, with that concept, it was, again, it was funny, 
but it was also like very very thoughtful and there was like a lot of really good science fiction in that book um so that like by the time like you got to the end it was like oh man like that was actually it was funny and it was like goofy and like the joke was how come like like we have like the highest death rate of any ship in the federation but like the bridge crew never dies it's always us yeah <laughs> like um like that was kind of a funny joke and then there was like a science fiction reason for that to happen and then you got to explore that concept but it was still funny um i don't know i i'm willing to see where it goes i it, like i said that that first episode it what didn't make me angry i'm just like it's a thing that exists it's it's very i i guess hyperkinetic is the way that i would describe it mm -hmm. it's just Look at this! Like, get the keys out and, like, dangle it in front of a baby. And I kind of feel... Like, dub yeah. I kind of feel like that's what that's what the show is doing. Yeah. But the, I'm the baby, but I don't find the dangling keys entertaining. Does that make sense? It's kind of the way I'm seeing But listen, if you were a coked-out Hollywood executive... <laughs> that's what I'm saying! That shit. That's what I'm saying! Like that's, what it, like, that's why it feels like Rick and Morty without the passion. Where, like, Rick and Morty, like, clearly had some, like, thought go into it. And, like, creators who, like, had a vision. This is like, hey, here's a show you're going to make. Write the show. <laughs> We had this idea to do like it's it's a Star Trek show, but it's funny, and they say the bad words on it, and that's the joke. Even though we have the Star Trek show, right, where they I think say we're the bad done because it's like I've, I'm pretty sure at this point we've talked about the episode longer than the episode Probably. was. I don't think and we've most gone of quite it has been it. Nick's like white man grimacing. So <laughs> I'm not. Even, um, what does that mean? <laughs> Hey, here's the thing that made me feel something that I thought was fucking great was Lovecraft Country. Let's talk about Lovecraft Country. Oh, shit. Is Lovecraft Country out yet? Yeah, yeah. the first episode came out on Sunday. Uh, it's really good. The real monster is racism. Yep. Mm -hmm. That show's great. Because um, I read actually, that book like, last year, and I was really looking forward when I heard that it was coming out. So it's on uh, HBO? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was literally one of those moments where like I we were watching it and I put it on pause and I turned to Nick and I was like, Is this one of those series? Is this one of those like like TV shows or movies where like racism is the real monster? And he was like, Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um there's also like they get very real, very gritty. Yeah, there were with their depictions of how fucked up white people were in the 1960s. There were a few mm -hmm. times where Elise had to pause the show and I'm like, wait, was that kind of stuff really happen? And I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you not, like, studied the history of the South? And she's like, no. It's, shut up. It's, <laughs> it's because, I mean, like, you know, I, like every other middle-class white girl <laughs> in the South, got a very sanitized version of, like, the civil rights movement. Um, and... You know, when I did study, like, the grittier parts of American history, it was, like, in a pre-Civil War context. So, like, um, back when I thought I was going to be a history major. Um, so, like, that's that's what I mean. Like, so there were some things that I was like, did, did this, like, really happen? And it was mm. like, yeah. Yeah, that, that really fucking happened. Um, there was, like, at one point, I guess I'll just, spo minor spoilers, like, 
they get chased out of town. They get chased out of a couple of towns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's like they get chased by a car and people are shooting at them to like get the fuck out yep. of town. So. Yeah, and some parts of the country that still happens. Um, yeah, that is true. That is true. Some parts of Virginia. Let's mm-hmm. not forget. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh. It's like one of those things. Like I, I was like, I know, I know it happens today. I know how people were terrible back then, but like the '60s. Oh you know? yeah, and it wasn't even all that long ago either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, they didn't get chased out of anywhere in Mad Men. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the dog getting about- thrown out of the bar. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so Lovecraft Country, it's great. Um, everybody should watch it. There was that one episode of Mad Men, though, where they, they brought up racism. Remember that one time that they, <laughs> they brought up racism? racism. <laughs> and then Mad Men fixed, fixed racism. And then they, they, hired, they hired those black secretaries, and everything was fine. Yep. Oh, yep. They didn't joy. fix sexism, though. No, they did not just, fix sexism. <laughs> sexism continued to be a problem, but racism was over. <laughs> And then Don Japer wrote that Coke ad. Things were okay. And everything well, was fine. Well, it looks like the last episode is going to be released in October, so I'll wait until then to, to get my free trial of HBO. That's a good idea. And no, then I'll that watch makes it Because uh, yeah. I'm not paying for HBO for, like, three months. No. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, it's, it's really good, though. Like, the adaptation's great. Um, mm-hmm. The casting is all spot on. Uh, acting's great. Uh, the the like everything looks like it's supposed to, if that makes sense. Like the mm-hmm. like the set, like the set design and like the production design is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not too glossy, but it's not too gritty. Yeah, like it strikes a really nice um, medium. It, I, there were a few times where I'm just like, did they go back in time to film some of this stuff? <laughs> because like they're honest to god, like parts of it where it's just like the main characters like walking around the streets of like 1950s Chicago. And it's like, that looks like, like they was like walking under the L train at one point. And it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Like that's, it's got a really like, it's either like Chicago and they just like dressed up this one particular part or they built an incredible set. And I honestly couldn't tell what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the first episode, you read the book, right? I read the book, yeah. So, so the first episode basically gets them to the uh, gets them to the mansion in Artem, mm-hmm. and they like it like the door opens and the episode ends. Okay. Um, it's and so there's like a lot of like fun character stuff in there. There's a lot of great action um, mm-hmm. for them to kind of sink their teeth into. Like the first episode is basically just like it's a perfect tone setter for what the rest of the series is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's been long enough for me that since I've read the book that I don't remember a whole, like I don't remember everything that happens. Like I've got like their, their specific moments that stick out and like what the book was like overall. I remember, mm-hmm. but like a lot of the little parts of the story, I don't recall. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of neat going back through it. Cause it's almost like, getting the story for the first time again, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. It is, it so far is a very good adaptation. 
Well, like I say, I'm going to wait on it, but I will definitely check it out when I uh, get the chance. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to that, really am. Got um, what else did we watch? The other things too, didn't we? Did we? There was something that I watched. Um, what did you oh, watch? What did you watch? Um, well, keeping with my Alex becomes more and more of a weeaboo. Uh, I watched uh, an anime yeah. called After School Dice Club. Oh my god, that is Have the you... most. <laughs> that is the most anime title I think <laughs> I've ever heard. Wait, what did you watch? After School Dice Club. Oh, I thought you said Oran High Host Club, and I oh. was like, we have something in common. <laughs> no, and now but... it's like, no, I thought we shared something really important, but I guess we don't. Oh, my sister loves Oran High School Host Club. And... Yeah, thanks for comparing me to a 19-year-old. <laughs> that she's, makes me feel really she's... mature and secure in my womanhood. She's 20. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, go ahead and talk to us about um, a high school dice club. Well, okay, so after school dice club, it's it's kind of weird in that it's it's less a show and more like an advertisement for a bunch of different German tabletop games. Of course. So I don't know. It, that sounds like pretty. It was really cool. Um, is but... it is is it like? Is it like Yu-Gi-Oh or like any of those like collectible card games where they have to make it like crazy over the top? No, no, no. So, okay. So I think you're misunderstanding me. When I say introducing a different German board game, I mean an actual real pre-existing board game. I know. Like all these, all those like anime card games are real card games. No, 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 no. I said, no. Okay. (laughs) Again, you're misunderstanding me. Allow me to explain, please. Yeah. So it would be... As if a club at school dedicated to playing games pulls out Settlers of Catan yeah. and spends 10 minutes explaining the rules of Settlers of Catan yeah. and then plays the game Settlers of Catan. I, I, I get that, but like the, the, what I'm asking is, like, do they then like get... Is it like a, an isekai where they're like sucked into Catan for the rest no. of the afternoon? No, they just play Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Except they don't actually play Settlers. None of the games that they actually played were ones that I'm familiar with. Um, mm. But some of them that looked really, really interesting. Um, like there was one that is, uh, God, what is it called? Uh, cock and polka lock. Uh, what is it? Cock and locker polka. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, cock and lock and polka, uh, which is basically like a card game where you've got to guess you pass a, a card to the other player and you have to you, you basically say is this i think that this is a cockroach and they say i think you're lying and if you're right you flip it over and if you, it's it's basically one of those games where you try to uh, bluff your way to victory gotcha um, but it's it's just like a card game and they sit down and play it and it's about this girl coming out of her shell and finding friends that enjoy the same interests um I'm just saying for for every other anime that exists to advertise games, it's it's the same thing where they explain the rules at you for 15 minutes, but like the stakes are extraordinarily high. No, the stakes are not high at all. <laughs> it is very very low stakes, very chill. Um, sometimes the stake is if I lose, my friends will think I'm a terrible person. Oh no, but they won't <laughs> actually think you're a terrible person because they're your friends. <laughs> 
that that's basically the stakes and uh yeah it's it's like i say it's weird in that regard in that it's such a low stakes anime but i did find myself enjoying the characters there's one character that they introduced like over i think over halfway through it and then she's just like a part of the cast and i'm like you just introduce okay um <laughs> but other than other than that it was uh it was something something all right it was a recommend by a friend at work and it uh, it got me invested in these games, I guess. Now I kind of want to play. Uh, I, I, I basically it made me rem- it reminded me of better times yeah. when we could actually get together and sit down and play board games again. And that's really what it kind of tried to to pull at my uh, my emotions for. Re- oh, we remember played game that. night. <laughs> <laughs> we played that game recently. What was the game that we played with with your sibling? Oh, um... Thunderstone. Thunderstone. Um, mm. It's a deck-building game. It's pretty fun. Um, it was... We started it, like, way too late. And so by the end, I was, like, falling asleep. And they were like, well, if you do this, you're going to end the game. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> you won't win. I don't care. Because um, it was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was, like, falling asleep in my chair. Um, yeah. No, we decided, like, so when we moved, we decided to, like, quarantine pod if people want to judge us on our whatever, our life decisions. But it's like, you know, we're all working from home right now. So, like, we figured it was pretty safe, I guess, for us to hang out Mm -hmm. together. I don't know. That was dumb. I don't know why I went on a tangent about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was fun. It's, like, really, like, it's like my sister in law started pulling it. Um, like it's like a she has like a gigantic fucking case. I think it's and because they, they have like, like all setting of the it up. Yeah, they have like tons and tons of expansions, and so they're like, "Do you want to play with this deck or this deck?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know any of the words that are coming out of your mouth." <laughs> um, so it was it was fun. It's like a like a it's like, like a dungeon crawler deck builder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's monsters in a dungeon, and there's heroes and, like, items you can get in the local village. Um, and so, like, every turn you draw, like, six cards, and then you decide what you want to do with those cards. So, like, each card has, like, a, a coin value on it um, that you can use to, like, buy items or, like, hire mercenaries, that kind of thing. Or you can decide if you've got, like, the right kind of characters who are, like, strong enough. You might want to go into the dungeon to fight monsters. Um, It was fun. It took us a little bit to kind of get the hang of it. But, like, after the first few rounds, it was fairly intuitive. Like, you saw what your cards were. Mm -hmm. uh, And just kind of went from there. And so it was kind of nice because, like, the deck was fairly small. So you got to know the cards that you had fairly well. Like, even once you started buying a lot of stuff, there were only, like, certain kinds of cards you could get. Um, So it didn't, like, make it too complicated. You just had to have, like, have a handle on, like, you know, maybe, like, a dozen or so different kinds of cards. Um, I don't know. It was, that was a, that was a neat little way to spend an evening. what's this game called again? Uh, Thunderstone. Um. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, 
Uh, but we also watched uh, the Happy Death Day movies because we Elisa, did also watch we, the Happy Lisa Death Day never movies. seen them, so I talked her uh, Lisa into watching them. What did you think of those movies? Oh, we also watched um, Palm Springs. Oh, we did watch Palm Springs. So we watched the we watched the Patrick Willems uh, did an episode about like watching Thai, uh, did a YouTube video about like watching Groundhog Day movies um, or like time loop movies uh-huh. during quarantine because like for a lot of us. Um, especially those of us who like are working from home, it's, it does feel like you're living the same day, like over and over and over again. And like, you know, it's also like, it's a privilege to have that kind of lifestyle. And so like, I didn't want to like disparage it, but it's like, it does come with its own kind of like, I don't know, qualms, I guess Mm -hmm. we'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we decided to watch, um, so we decided to do a double feature, and watch Palm Springs, uh, which is on Hulu, and uh, stars Andy Samberg, and um, the Happy Death Day, and Happy Death Day one, and then on another night we watch Happy Death Day to you, which is the sequel. Um, so uh, Palm Springs is super fun. Um, that's it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it's it's fun. It's very funny. It's very timely. If you have a Hulu subscription, or if you want to borrow ours, I like highly recommend it. Um, it's like a nice. I don't know. It's, it's just a nice movie. It, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe without like spoiling what makes it unique. But it's like a time loop movie. I um, guess what we could say about it is it's about. Um, it's about this woman who's at her sister's wedding uh, and she doesn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she meets this guy there at the wedding and something happens. The guy disappears in a cave. She chases after him. And after she does that, she wakes up and it's the same morning again. Um, and... That's kind of like, again, it's like a Groundhog Day kind of stuck in the same day, time loop kind of a movie. Um, There's some interesting twists to this one that make it more than just Groundhog Day with Andy Samberg. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's like a lot of, I don't know, there's a fair amount of, I'd say pathos. Well, I guess Groundhog Day has a fair amount of pathos too. But like, there's a fair amount of pathos to this movie where it's like, as quote unquote time goes on, you know, the more time, like the more relative time these characters spend together, the more they get to know each other and they start to like each other and then they hate each other. And then it's, um, it all, it, it, it all kind of builds to a nice little conclusion and I don't want to spoil, but, um, if people haven't seen it yet, I think it's, it is worth a watch. Mm-hmm. And then I think I've talked about happy death day on the podcast before you um, have. Yeah. What did you think about it? A couple times. Um, I don't think... Anything that you haven't already said. I am... I'll just say this. Like, I'm not a big horror person. And I really enjoyed it. It, Um, And the horror elements definitely take a backseat... To the comedy. uh, To the comedy and to the plot. Um, So... I think it's it's pretty well acted. Um, It's pretty well acted. It's pretty well shot. Um, It's fun. So, both of them, both of it, and then they tease at the end of the second one that it's going to be a trilogy. So I am kind of looking forward um, if that, if COVID ever lets that be a thing. 
um, mm-hmm. I would definitely be down for for a third Happy Death Day. Right. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. What else have we done? Anything? Nope. Animal Crossing. Animal More Animal Crossing forever. Eat hot chip and lie. Eat hot chip and lie. Um, <laughs> I'm almost done with Witcher Three. I will probably have thoughts on that next time because, like, I thought I'd be finishing it today, and the end game of that game takes way longer than I thought it would. So, um, I, I like started the end game, and then it's like, oh yeah, but now you've got to go do all these quests that have suddenly popped up. So I'll I'll probably talk about that next time we record. Okay. Oh, Shit's Creek. We didn't talk about that last time. Oh, shit. Have we not talked about Shit's Creek like, no. at all? Alex, what? you're like the historian of this podcast. Have we talked about Shit's Creek? Not to my memory, no. Okay. Um, People have probably already seen it. Um, we were really late to the game on this one. Um, it's definitely been a show that I've been wanting to watch um, for a while because it's like endlessly quotable um, and like a lot of people make references to it. Um, but it is about a family of really rich one percenters, uh, who lose everything and have to move to Schitt's Creek. Um, it's like, uh, it reminds me a lot of, um, Arrested Development, but I actually like all the characters. Yeah. Um, like all of the characters are genuinely, cause they're all Canadian. <laughs> A, I don't know, there wasn't a Canadian accent. But, um, so they're they're all, like, fun, and everybody in the town shares the same, uh, same character flaw, which is that they're stupidly passive-aggressive. Um, because Canadians, uh, Except for the ones who are just stupid. Yeah, that's Like, true. there are some that are just, like, like, uh, what's it, Twyla. Twyla. Is just, like, kind no, of Twyla, dumb. No, Twyla, Twyla gets passive-aggressive, Oh, too. that's true, yeah, she um, does. Yeah, no, because... That's Canadians. That's their collective. You know, we as Americans who have no character flaws. We're active aggressive. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't. Ju- we, we don't, don't like pass it foot around. We yeah, we just yeah. shoot people. We just oh, shoot people. No. <laughs> uh, you can take your universal health care and and spread it around. Actually, that would be really nice. Um, yeah. So it's it's really fun. Um, the seasons are pretty short. Um, I think there's only like 12... 12 or 13 episodes. 12 or 13 seems... episodes per season. Um, so it's more in line with like a British comedy in that way. It was originally written for the CBC. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's more like a British comedy in that way that the, the seasons are pretty short and pretty tight. Um, but I like it. It's... Uh, the characters are fun. The dialogue is great. Um, the world building is is really great because there's literally only like three set pieces <laughs> in the whole fucking show but it's um it's very funny and like they don't use i've seen a lot of like canadian shows and they're always shot on like the worst fucking cameras <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice that it's like oh there's like you got like a decent you know single camera comedy camera to film this on like i'm proud of you guys good this is a little glow up for the cbc um but yeah if you've ever heard anybody go you david um that's what they're getting this they're they're getting it from so gotcha yeah but it's you know because there's only they're very limited set pieces um they're out in the middle of nowhere 
um, in a town called Schitt's Creek. Um, the comedy is really de- is very character driven, um, and I mean a lot of it is like kind of fish out of water. Um, but I also like how they don't. Um, the the local yokels aren't like wholly. Um, aren't wholly good, and in comparison to their like nouveau poor counterparts mm-hmm. um i kind of like that like i like that all the characters sort of have their own um like redemptive qualities and flaws except for the fact that they're all passive aggressive <laughs> um which which also brings in that it's like fun some fun elements so okay. also also one of the main characters is pansexual nice good so you love to good. see it yeah all right. It sounds like Alex is starting to fade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Good. I'm in the same it, We're 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 podcast. We've podcasted. We we that is one podcast. That is one one unit one of podcast. <laughs> we have filled the podcast vial and now yeah. it is time to cork it and put it in the phylactery or something. And- well, we, we have to let it sit, so yeah. we, we we let our podcast age one day before, <laughs> we, uh, before we release it to the wild. Finally aged in, in sherry casks for you, the listening audience. <laughs> the, um, the, our, our fiasco game is still aging. Um, oh god, yeah, that's been aging for a while. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a 15-year-old sketch. God, I forgot about that fiasco <laughs> game. I'll probably never see the light of day, unfortunately. Ugh. <sighs> Shame. It was pretty funny, from what I recall. It was. They always are. All we right. should do that again, but, you know, not with fucking terrible audio syncing. Yeah. Uh, so, is that a podcast? That sounds like a podcast. So, my name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we have been some nerds of a podcast. You all have a wonderful unit of time. (laughs) (laughs) Good night.